Hi, welcome to Talking with Fred. This is Tony. And I'm Joe. So, Joe, what are your plans for Easter? Well, now that we're in the Easter season, it's, it's always an exciting time. And the interesting thing is that in the in church tradition, we celebrate Lent. We fast for 40 days until the time of the death, the crucifixion of Christ, yes. in e- expectation of his death and resurrection. And and the interesting thing is a wonderful tradition, and, and um, you know we all practice it, and it's wonderful. But it's a little interesting that the church focuses on that side of it and not the entire picture of what happens. Because wait a minute, you're saying there's more? It doesn't exactly. It doesn't stop at Easter, right? Because 50 days later we have Pentecost, right? And those two festivals in Israel are connected. Okay, those two festivals. The festival of Passover and this festival of Shavuot are connected. Okay. And um, the first festival, the festival of Passover, mm-hmm. is the festival where they celebrate the freedom from prison, the freedom, right. f- you know, from bondage, from slavery. Right. And God bringing them out of Egypt right. and through the water. But then when he brings them out and they have victory over their enemy, they have victory over the Egyptians, God brings them 49 days later to Sinai. And in the mountain of Sinai, Moses goes up to the mountain and God comes down in his glory, comes down with fire. Makes that mountain tremble. And he gives them the law. And what that represented was the law was the seal. It was the guarantee of their freedom from slavery. So you have to see it in the whole picture. And so the whole picture is that it is, it's a picture of salvation, right? Uh-huh. But that God get, brings us out of, out of our slavery through with Jesus Christ, as Jesus Christ says, bring out of the darkness and into the light. Mm-hmm. And then when we come into the light, God seals his work in us with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so... An old tradition in Israel has always been to celebrate the time from Easter to Pentecost with what was called the, the counting of the weeks or the festival of weeks. Mm-hmm. You can read about that in Leviticus 23, where God says, I want you to count the weeks, seven weeks between Passover and Shavuot, between Easter and Pentecost, mm-hmm. because I'm going to give you something I want to celebrate Mm-hmm. And I want this is one of the festivals. There's only three festivals where where Israel was was called by God to appear before him. The others could be could be celebrated where you were. But Passover and Pentecost um, and the, what was that word that you call it? Shavuot. Shavuot. That's Shavut. the Hebrew word for it. For Pentecost. For Pentecost. Okay. And uh, the third festival is the. Feast of Tabernacles. Those three times Israel had to come before God, either at the tabernacle in the in the wilderness or in the temple in Jerusalem. But they had to appear before God, right? Right. And so, but this idea has in inside of Christianity, and Paul writes a lot about this. He writes about the guarantee that God gives us, the the seal that God puts on us at Pentecost with the Holy Spirit. And he's referring back to what God did. Mount Sinai, where he comes with his power, he comes with his fire, and he gives us a new law. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 31 that he will write his law on our hearts, right? Right. Paul echoes this 
again in Romans 2 when he's talking about for, for Jews, it's not about our sacrifice, it's about our heart, mm-hmm. right? He writes about it in Corinthians 2, also that, that God will write his, his uh, law on our heart. Mm-hmm. And in, then in Hebrews, it, it talks again about that God will write his law on our heart. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, fire appeared. They heard. First they heard. Right. Right. Remember we were talking about hearing. How important hearing is. They heard a mighty wind. But then what did they understand? What did they see? They saw the fire from heaven. And they knew, hey, wait a minute. This is what Jesus told us was going to happen. Because remember, Jesus says to them in, in, in Acts 1, go to Jerusalem. Right. It's one of the festivals where you had to appear before God at the temple. Go to Jerusalem and wait. Mm -hmm. And then it says they were in one accord, right? They were in agreement. Because that's part of the celebration up to Shavuot, up to Pentecost. It's the fellowship that was so important. And so when when, when Acts 1 says they were in one accord, they were in fellowship with each other. And when they're in fellowship with each other, then you can experience the Holy Spirit and God's seal that he will that he will complete his work of salvation that will be completed when Jesus comes again right and what do we have as a guarantee right Spirit. we have the Holy Spirit that happened at Pentecost What's so cool? actually what I think is cool your brother made a comment about that with uh, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit one time saying uh, that I mean Jesus was called Emmanuel God with us right and the Holy Spirit comes and still maintains that God with us. Right. You know, that is so incredible because there's two ways of expressing that. One is it's a slight difference in the way it's spelled. Mm -hmm. That one can, they both mean God's with us. Right. But Emmanuel with an E, it means that God is basically us. Uh Right. So in other words, you can have something that's right beside you. You can have a cup of coffee and you can have cake. Right. Right. And the cake is with the coffee. Right. So cake is with coffee. Yeah. Right. Otherwise you have a dry cup of coffee. Right. (laughs) Otherwise, but if you have two coffees that are exactly the same, one is identical with the other, then the coffee is with the coffee. And that's what God's talking about. So that's what Jesus meant by he's not father and I I, are one. Right. I'm not with you. Like I'm beside you, like something different. No, I am in you. I am you. And that's why I understand. Not saying we are God. No, You're just saying that God but is, he is in, in us. us, and that's yeah. what John talks about in John 14. If you if you obey me, if you follow me, then me and the Father, who are one, me mm-hmm. and the Father will come and be in you, mm-hmm. right? And so when it's talking about God with us, it's talking about God is coming into our lives. Right. God is not going to be separated from us anymore. And so, and these so anyway, the, just we, so you know, these are the talks that I love having with Joe because of these <laughs> these little moments you start really learning a lot more. I mean, we've talked about this where those little intimate moments that we right. talk, you really get a better grasp and feel of what God is Well, this about. whole story of salvation, which yeah. is so enormously fascinating because God says to Israel, okay, between these two festivals, yeah. right? Because these are also harvest festivals, mm-hmm. right? It's the barley harvest at Passover and it's the wheat harvest at, at Pentecost, mm-hmm. which has to do with bread. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. So right. all of this kind of fits in. Yeah. And, and we don't have to, time to go into that. But the point about this is God says, I want you to count the weeks mm-hmm. between um, Passover and Pentecost, between Easter and Pentecost, between Passover and Shavuot. 
I want you to count the weeks. It's going to be 49 days. And then on the 50th day, I'm going to do something great for you. And so we thought within our church, well, why? You know, in Christianity, we celebrate something that's not a part of the Bible. It's something we created. And it's a great tradition. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's 40 days of preparation for death. Right. Why not do... 49 days of preparation for, for life, life yeah. for the Holy Spirit, yeah. for God's seal that he's yeah. going to complete his salvation work yeah. in us yeah. as he told us to do in Leviticus 23. Right. So we found uh, an old uh, Hebrew tradition, an old Jewish tradition, where they in fact count every day, mm -hmm. the 49 days between the two, they count it and they have a devotion and they have a, a subject. And so each week has a headline, right? Yeah. And then a title, for, right? A title for the week, a subject for the week, right? And um, and so we've done that. We've made up a uh, an entire book that we're uh, selling in the church, and um, I believe it's going to be made available in English on Amazon uh, for so, some for so, some of yeah. you that would like to to download it. And yeah. We'll give you more information on our uh, Facebook and Instagram and right. those different things when we have those those links, but. The point about it is the first week is where do you think if God was going to do something and he said, I want you to count the weeks, the days between death and resurrection and the seal of my guarantee that I'm going to complete salvation. Mm -hmm. And I want you to go through a process where you learn more about me in expectation to receiving my spirit. Where do you think he would start? I think God would start. Much like most preachers um, encourage people to start reading the Bible, the book of love. He John. would be stopped with love. No, he would no, start well, with love. Yeah. God is love. Right. Right. So the first week in this counting is love. Mm -hmm. That's the first subject. And so you start where better to start than John 3.16, because it is a synopsis of what God's love means for us. Right. right? For God so loved us. He loved us so much. Mm -hmm. And it's not just talking about me as a person it's talking about his whole creation right right everything that he's created in this world that that sin has destroyed he loved it so much he was willing to sacrifice that he was himself. willing to sacrifice right yeah. and so then you have the absolute definition of love right and the definition well, of i don't think there there could be any greater form of love than one sacrificing but what does love mean to you tony well, i mean I think it's just that ultimate compassion of, I don't want to say feeling to someone, but... But love has to be acted on. Yeah. Right? And what you experience right now yeah. is what everyone experiences because you, it, you, it's really, really difficult to define love. Right. Because what is love? Maybe and you don't hurt. And me. it's one of those things that, that, that there is no definition of, basically. Yeah. But we can, from God's Word... When, when God speaks about love, looking at the way the word is constructed, we can come to, to three basic ideas, right? And the three basic ideas can even be boiled down to yes, no, and there you go, okay? And basically what that means is... We often think about like people saying, well, God didn't answer my prayers. It's like, well, no, God answers the prayers. He's going to say yes. He's going to say no. And sometimes there's a there yeah, but, you go. But when, it, when we're talking about I mean, yes, love also means no sometimes. Right. When we talk about yes and no and there you go. Yeah. We're talking about three fundamental concepts. Right. The first thing you have to do 
If you want to know what you love, then look at what you say yes to. Right? This is what you love. Right. Right? Because love is acceptance. Love is is acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. Love is what you put your effort into. Love is what you give your time to, your money to, your mind to. It's what you say yes to. But the point about that is you cannot say yes about something unless you're saying no. So automatically you're saying no to something. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that when you stand before God and your pastor at, at your wedding and you say yes, right? You're also saying no. And we don't realize that because we don't go further and then we ask you, and now you will say no to all other relationships, right? We don't do that because we should understand that that is inheritance. It's implied. It's very much implied is that when I say yes to something, then I also say no to something. And that means I have my limits. I have my, my borders. I have my my limitations. I have right. my, my lines in the sand, right? Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people don't have those. And that's unfortunate because you can't love something. On the other hand, you can also look at it from this way. If you can't say no to something, you'll never find out what you love. If you can't say no to all other women, you'll never find out that you actually love your wife because we're all going to be tempted. We're all going to be trying, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing. If you can't tempted, learn, you're going to be tempted. If you can't learn to say no, yeah. then you're never going to learn what yes means. Mm-hmm. It It goes together, right? And so then... When you, when you sort through all of that and you find out, okay, this is what I say yes to, and this is what I say no to, then what's left? Well, the only thing that's left is to give it, to act upon it. So Here there you, you go, go yeah. right? Here I go. I'm generous, right? right? That's what you have in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, right? And he said no that he to, said no to everything that would destroy it. Yeah, That's implied. That he loved the soul world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have life and life eternal, right? So he gave, right? He loved us so much that he gave. So there you have it. Well, another perspective, he says yes to say, us. For right now, I'm giving up all the rest that I have, the, the kingdom that I'm sitting in, the glory in God, even though he's on earth as God. He's in heaven. Now he comes to earth. Well, that's the that's the that's another way. Yeah, I but mean, that's, that's the, I, the 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 part of Jesus Christ because in order to do that, humble yourself. Well, no, the order in order to do that, then God had to create a second part. He had to create a son, mm-hmm. right? He had to create something that, in fact, would be able to bear the wickedness of our sin. Because God's a holy God. And and we see that in the rabbi the rabbi's writings on Genesis two, eighteen, where it says, We've talked about this before, but it's not good for man to be alone and God will give us a helper. In some translation it's you know, it will say it's going to be his companion or right. or whatever. But the sages writing on it in, in Judaism is that God gave us a helper, our opposite. And and it goes back to a thought that if you're going to experience the wholeness of something, then you have to have both sides of the coin, right? You have to have the opposite. And so God had to create something that could bear the weakness. And that's where you have Jesus on the cross bearing the sins of the world. And why have you forsaken me? Because that was the separation. And 
this this pain gave himself through Jesus Christ for us that our sins could be wiped away. Mm-hmm. And so you have that opposite of the yes and the no that has to function. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll never get the gift. There was a young lady I saw last night on uh, TikTok. Yeah. And she was, was kind of waiting to hear what she was saying because, you know, you got to always be careful who you're listening to and what yeah. they have to yeah. say because yeah. it might be a little too funny. But she was spot on. She was talking about the change of ourselves. Yeah. That experiencing God's love doesn't mean that I have to change myself just to enter into his presence. Right. Is that I enter into his presence. He comes in me and his love changes me so that I can live for him. Right. I can experience And if we experience that, then we have to be, we have to allow him to also say no. And and that's the difficult thing. That, for yeah. Me. I think that a lot of people hate to hear the word no. And that's why I said like it. people... People will say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. I'm like, no, God answered your yeah, prayer. You, you just didn't get what yeah, but you if wanted. You, if you look at it in a broader <laughs> perspective, yeah. it doesn't matter where on the spectrum you are. What people are protesting against, what people are are hurting about, all of those different things, they have problems with saying no. Mm-hmm. They have problems with looking inside of themselves and saying, everything is acceptable, but not everything is to my benefit. Yeah. Right, everything possible, but not everything's going to be to my advantage. Yeah, and without understanding that, hey, yeah, I do have a frustration or a desire or whatever, but if I don't learn how to get the strength to be able to resist that, and that can be difficult because we don't have the strength to resist that. Mm -hmm. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why we need, as Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 14. The reason that we have the Holy Spirit, the reason that we pray in the Holy Spirit yeah. is for our own up building up. Mm-hmm. It's to make us strong, right? So that we can stand against the enemy on the day. And, and this kind of goes where you said that uh, submission means not so much as just bowing down to give up, but bowing down to lift up. Right. That's all. That's what, that's what worship does. is. That's yeah. what. That's what the whole idea of God and God's love is. God's love loved us so much that He created a Son mm-hmm. that could then come from heaven down to earth, un- below the angels, below everything in heaven. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's humility to sacrifice Himself to come below all of God's creation to come down to man that was created from the dust of the earth. Yeah. And to be one of those, you can't get more humble than becoming the dirt on the road. I mean, that's what everybody tramps on. That's the lowest of the low. But that's the whole idea. The reason that God did that is it's the only way to lift up. You can't lift somebody up without bringing the support and the foundation. You can lift somebody up out of the water, for example. But if you let them go and there's no foundation, they're going to drown anyway, right? And so you've got to lift them up out of the miry clay. But then you've got to put them on the rock to stay, right? Yep. As the old song goes. Yep. And so, and so that's why. Thank you, you two, for that one. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that's why Jesus Christ came to us to be our foundation, as Paul writes about yeah. 1 Corinthians 10. He is the rock that always is with us. Yeah. He's the rock that's He's always the rock there. Of He's our foundation. Yeah. But you can't be a foundation until you put yourself under that submission, that's humility, that's worship. Because that's what worship means. Dazzling display of biblical logic. And so when we understand what God's love is, Mm -hmm. right, 
then we can go into the next phase of it. And the week after that is the strength in God's love. And that's what strength strengthens us. It's not that, that we are these wonderful, strong people. Mm-hmm. We're more than conquerors because we have the love of Christ. Yeah. Because we have strength this understanding. Yeah. Not that, talking about physical strength, but the strength right, of the spirit. The strength of character. Yeah. And that's why, you know, our strength comes from other places. It doesn't come from, as Jesus says, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. Right. I don't give like the world because the world gives politically. The world gives through power. Right. Yeah. There's peace as long as there's one who is that yeah. can decide over another one. Right. And Jesus, Jesus says, my peace is different. My peace gives freedom. My peace gives everyone the opportunity to experience what God wants to do in them, their life. And if they can't understand and, and grasp what the restraints of love does into us, then they just become a loose cannon. And that's what we experience so much here. I have the right to do this and I'm just going to do it. And I don't care how it affects you because if if it's it's my right, right, doesn't mean it's right to do. Right. Yeah. yeah, We have a lot of rights, but we also have the love of Christ in us. I think that's what a lot of people have a hard time with is that saying, I mean, we've said it, it's that saying no and saying, well, there's all this, I mean, like the devil tried to tempt Jesus with on the mountain. Look at all the splendors of the world. Look what I can give to you if you just bend your knee to me. And people want that. They feel like that's the freedom that they can have. But in reality, turn around and give yourself to things that just aren't beneficial. And with Christ, they fail to realize that, you know what? I I can say yes and I can say no. And that gives me total freedom because the choice is mine. Yeah, and I have to understand the implications of what my decisions are, mm-hmm. the consequences of what I'm doing. And when I say yes to something, I also say no to something. But to understand what I've said yes to, I have to look at what I say no to. Yeah. And if I'm not saying no to something in my marriage, for example, if I'm not saying no to other women, yeah. then I cannot say I can't I experience love my her wife. life. Yeah. That's impossible. Yeah. If I say I love my wife, that it's implicit, it's understood that I'm saying no to everybody else always, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why it's not a difficult decision to make if you mean it, because we all go into it with good intentions, but the road to disaster is paved. Is always good by good intentions, intentions yeah. right? It's not okay to have a good intention. You don't marry somebody because you think they're hot. Yeah. You marry somebody because... This is the person I want to build a life with. Yeah. And building is hard work. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah, it's the one my that people fail to realize. My construction industry lasted about a half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Those cinder blocks were heavy. <laughs> so, I, so books were much more appealing, uh, yeah. right? Because building something is hard work. Yeah. If you don't commit yourself to say, I, with this person, we're going to build something together, then you won't say no to other things. Yeah. And then you'll never understand what love is. Yeah. But if you say no to others, other things and you build something, then after a while you discover you've built something really amazing. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day, uh, he's been married just a few years, I think. Yeah. And so he asked me how long I've been married. I said 15 years. And I mean, don't get me wrong for some people, I'm still wet behind the ears. But he asked me some advice and I said, just, you know, basically understand where she's coming from, Mm -hmm. that she's going to be emotional and she's going to not see 
everything from a broader perspective that she needs to know that you are standing there firm. Well, yeah. Well, she. Well, we have to be the opposites. Yeah. Right. I mean, if if we were duplicates of each other, you won't ever get off the couch. And you're never going to understand anything. Yeah. Right? I mean, strength comes from from opposition, and so iron sharpens iron. Exactly. And so that that is what brings us getting back to our 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 program between Easter and Pentecost. You know that we see the strength in the foundations that we have. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we build these relationships. And then the third week is the beauty. Then we begin to see, hey, we're we're accomplishing something. Right. I've said, yes, let's just keep it in in the context of a of a marriage Mm -hmm. illustration. But we're building a marriage together. And after a while, you begin to see the beauty of that. Mm -hmm. Hey, wait a minute. I'm seeing the beauty of this. Right. And then when you see the beauty of something, what happens the next week after that is about acknowledgement. I begin to really find out who I am. And that's interesting because in, in the old tradition of counting the weeks, the week, the festival of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. You experience love, strength, beauty. And that's when you find out who you are. In, in our day, we want to realize who we are now, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to find myself. No, you find yourself yeah. when you commit yourself to someone. When you begin to build, you begin to work hard. You submit yourself to them. You become yeah. their foundation. They become your foundation. Yeah. And on that foundation, then you begin to work. Then you begin to build something. Mm-hmm. And it's after that you find mm-hmm. out who you are. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting perspective on life right? well people want to i mean i've always hear well i like being alone i like the loneliness be alone find yourself in loneliness right. and i mean like you just established you can't do that when you're alone you don't have someone to be your opposite someone to challenge you right. intellectually or whichever way that you feel that you can be challenged right to grow right you just stay this flimsy weak breakable person right. Ooh, and then these things, these things build on each other. And that's why yeah. throughout the whole program, every day you're looking at, at the different aspects of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're looking at, you know, how does love become strength? Strength that becomes beauty, beauty that becomes a foundation and acknowledgement of who I am. How does that affect my life? How does that build? And then it, it ends in the last two weeks. The second to the last week is, is a fellowship. It's a connection, mm-hmm. right? So you have to go through all of these things before you come to the point that you actually will be connected. It's a sacrifice. In our world, it's no secret that, that I'm a pastor. And one of the things that I see constantly in the Western church mm-hmm. is people that show up one week and you never see them again. Or they come and they say, oh, this is just the most wonderful place. We've looked for this our entire life. And then, and then six gone. months later, you can't find them, right? Yeah. Or somebody that just, you know, they come and they become a part and they start working and then they start coming like twice a month and then once yeah. a month and then once every other month. And, and then then some people, want, yeah, right. and then you have those that want to come in and want to be there once a month right. and want to be the leadership. They don't go through those processes <laughs> yeah. of love and strength and beauty and acknowledgement and, and all of these different things to be able to come to the goal. The second, the last week is fellowship. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where I enter into a true, meaningful f- of fellowship with others. And then the last one is the kingdom of God. 
Seek first the kingdom and all of its righteousness. You can't do that unless you have all these other things in place. But once you get all these other things in place, then you're in a position for God to put His seal of approval mm-hmm. on you. You're in a position for the Holy Spirit to fill you. And that's what they were doing in the upper room mm-hmm. that we read in, in Acts 1. They were preparing themselves. It was the festival of weeks. Jesus says at the day of Him going back to the Father, He says, now go to Jerusalem, continue. Go to Jerusalem and be Keep together. This continue thing. this Shavuot yeah. preparation because God's going to do something. And then it says in Acts, they were in one accord. When they were at the point of fellowship, mm-hmm. they were praying together. Yeah, And the Holy Spirit fell. And that's what we're, we're going to do this, this time. We're going to work on it. With fellowship, I just have a question about that. Yeah. There are people out there that I've heard before, and I'll hear occasionally, they'll say, well, I just don't really go to church. Right. I don't, they're Christians, but they don't want to go to church. Now, this is not a ploy to just say, go to church, but why is it important? Because of everything we've talked about. Mm-hmm. You can't say yes and no, and there you go unless you're in fellowship with somebody else. I mean, if you're sitting under a tree somewhere by yourself, I'll guarantee you some things. One thing is you will always be in agreement with yourself. It's true. Okay. <laughs> That's the truth. Your opinion will always be the right opinion. Right? If you contradict yourself, you might want to. It doesn't matter because then you'll just change your mind, right? Yeah. And the next thing is you'll never get anything done. No. You'll sit under a tree. Well, from a, from, from a drummer's perspective, perspective i mean that's talent wasted absolutely well, look I, at elijah yeah that's what elijah did yeah. right he goes out into the into the desert because he's feeling sorry for himself in fact he's done something that god did not ask him to do uh-huh. and i don't want to go into that right now but he comes out into the desert and he sits down under a tree and what does he do <laughs> he oh poor, poor pitiful me <laughs> he is in agreement with himself yeah right he's in agreement with himself <laughs> and he he almost starves to death right yeah. he can't even get food that he an angel of god has, has to, to appear and, him. and give him something to eat right <laughs> that's why you need fellowship because you can't live life alone no and god gave us the church not for tradition he gave us the church as a workshop for our faith that we can learn to love we can find his strength in love we can find the beauty of love we can find out who we are in love. Mm-hmm. We can be in fellowship with each other. Then we will experience the kingdom of God in our life. You can't be a part of a kingdom if you're alone. A kingdom a is kingdom a kingdom of, of one. people. Yeah, it's not a kingdom right? of one. Exactly. <laughs> you're not a king. <laughs> and there's not, you know, billions and billions of little kingdoms. No, yeah. there's God's kingdom. Yeah. And if you're a part of it, then you'll get a part of the workshop yeah. and you'll begin to work on your faith. And you'll begin to find what your faith can can bring you to. And that's what we're going to do because we're Pentecostals. We believe in the Holy Spirit, but we believe in the Holy Spirit at a much deeper and a much broader level than just a charismatic experience. Mm-hmm. We believe in the Holy Spirit as being the guarantee that God gives us that one day he's coming again. Yeah. And one day he will totally resurrect his entire creation. Right. Make everything good. And I want to be the guy that's available to him to use when he comes again. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do. And I want his seal of approval over my life so that when Jesus comes back and says, now we're going to reestablish the world, 
I can say, I'm ready to go. I'm prepared. I was thinking about that this morning when uh, someone was talking about the rapture, the rapture, and people, you know, they have their different arguments. and And I just, you know, the thought came to my mind and I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter to me when he comes back. All I care about is that he is coming back. Yeah, well, and when he comes back, it's going to be exciting. You know, John says in John one that that Jesus became flesh and lived mm-hmm. among us. Yeah. In John fourteen, he says, "If you believe in me and do as I say, obey me, mm-hmm. then me and the Father will live in you." Yeah. Right. That's where we're at now. Mm-hmm. But John again then says in Revelation twenty one, "I saw a new Jerusalem. Yeah. A new peace, and it came down from heaven." And it established itself on on earth. It rejuvenated earth. It Mm -hmm. renewed earth. And God was lived with people. We're back to God with us, right? Then God lives with people. So we go to being um, that God has been among Mm -hmm. us, to God is in Mm -hmm. us, to God is with us, right? Just as he intended from the beginning. (laughs) I think that is John's message. And that's where we're at. Right now, we're in the phase that God's in me. I want God in me. I want the Holy Spirit in me. I want to do whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. I want to pray in his language. I want to think in his language. I want to participate in his language. Because when he comes to be with me, I want to be ready to be an asset. Mm -hmm. I want to be one that has said, okay, we can build a new world because I've got all of these people through history that have longed to be a part of me, and I can use them in my future. That's what heaven to me is. Just like Mary saying yes to the Holy Spirit when Gabriel was right there, and she was just comfortable knowing he's here. Exactly. So that was a very good explanation. I'm excited about this new old tradition. New old tradition. (laughs) (laughs) And it, it really makes me that much more excited about Easter. I'm a Christmas guy. I love Christmas. You're I love Christmas the story. Guy. I will hold that till the day I die. But it's a good Christ. One. Yeah. But this even further goes that step much further yeah. in excitement about what God does in our lives. Yeah. And it's not just birth, death, it's life. Yeah. And that's exciting. Excellent. So next week we'll talk about the strength. Yes. The strength of God. We want to hear what you have to say. We always want to hear what you have to say. Join the conversation with us. Write us at our email, talkingwithfred777 at gmail.com. You can leave comments at any of the podcast uh, stations that you listen to. Uh, You can find us on Instagram at talkingwithfred777, TikTok at talkingwithfred, and Facebook, talkingwithfred. We love you guys. May the peace of God be with you.